Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is, is self-publishing second best? Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the always first choice, TB Markinson. Hello TB, how are you today? I was waiting for you to say the always second best on this podcast. <laughs> wow, look at Claire giving me some love. Excellent. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, I'm still plugging away on getting the last two episodes of Girl Love Happens ready for the editor. Um, I have, when this episode goes out, I will have exactly one week. So um, I'm in the crunch time. And I know I don't have a lot to write. Life has been extremely busy. So I'm probably going to go right up to that deadline. It's probably going to be a long week. Not looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. But that's this life during these strange times. It, nothing's settling down, really. No, nothing's settling down. And also, quite often, you just need the writing fuel of a deadline to uh, work yourself into that deadline frenzy. I call it the fear of a deadline. All right, okay. I, I need the fear. <laughs> I definitely need the fear to get something to the finish line. But um, other than that... I have been still kind of uh, tinkering with Lizzie, and actually, well, I guess tinkering is not the right word, because it's been going pretty well. When I was trying to force JJ, I was getting, what, 100 words a day, mm-hmm. and they were, like, painful, painful words. Mm-hmm. Now when I'm sitting down to do Lizzie, because I juggle a few uh, projects at a time, I've been e- adding easily 700 a day, so obviously I'm not having a lot of resistance to Lizzie. JJ is just, like, trying to walk through a brick wall, and it's just not happening. I should mention for JJ fans, it's still on the schedule for this year. It's not like I'm just binning it completely. It's still on the schedule, but I am. I need to figure out what's going wrong with it. So uh, uh, Lizzie fans are going to be happy, and JJ fans are going to be... Um, you're just going to have to be patient. This is the writing process. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But soon, I will be starting my next co-write with Miranda McLeod. This has been on the schedule for a long time, and when you have a co-write, you have to set the schedule ahead of time. And I think it might actually be the best time for it. Because when we do our co-writes, we start off each day with a Skype call. And as we've mentioned many times on this podcast, that writing can be a lonely business. And I think maybe I just need to know I'm not alone on a project. Maybe maybe that's part of the whole resistance. I need a buddy. I need a writing buddy to help me get past whatever's going on in my head. Hoping that will help. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably, a, a, yes, like you say, it's a good shift of gear, isn't it? And also, if you're writing with somebody else, you've got deadlines every day. Whereas if you're writing with your, just with yourself, you can kind of just blow those deadlines off and go, well, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, it's not coming today. Uh, but, you know, if you're writing with someone else, you've got chapters you need to write. And there's a momentum, right, as well. There's a momentum, there's more structure, like you said, and um, it lessens the fear for me because you're not alone in the project. You have, if something isn't working, you can bounce it off with, you guys can work together to puzzle it out. It's not like all on your shoulders. So I think I think that's what I need right now because this year a lot has been on my shoulders <laughs> and I think I, I need to kind of just be kinder to myself. So that that is happening at the right time. And then 
I have an extra piece of news, which I didn't know I had until about 15 minutes before we hopped on the call. <laughs> but um, I'm working on getting the third uh, box set of the Lizzie series uh, published in ebook and paperback. And it's been kind of a struggle. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I tried to get the cover for it, and my cover artist was um, busy. What I'm learning with the whole new COVID times is to get a simple project over the finish line isn't so simple anymore. Because you're coordinating with other people and they might be dealing with, you know, kids staying home or illnesses and stuff. So I'm finding anything that takes coordination these days is becoming a trickier business. And so it's a bit frustrating, but it's also something we all have to deal with because you can't, everyone's life is just really upside down these days. So it's just one of those things we have to deal with as indie writers. So hopefully, hopefully the third box set will be available soon. We'll see. So that's, that's my week. GLH, Lizzie, and a box set. How about you? Oh, and a co-write coming up, which hopefully will help me get some more words out. <laughs> Come on, Miranda. I hope she's not broken. <laughs> <laughs> We're all counting on you, Miranda. So, yeah, how's your week going? My week's going all right. Uh, I am managing to um, squeeze out some writing. I've nailed down the, the outline for this book, and I'm still in the first just over the first 10,000 um, and, and you know it's good that I actually have an outline because I normally write the first 10,000 right and then I do the outline and then I have to mess it all around and it annoys the fuck out of me so I did an outline first up but I'm still not quite sure if this outline is going to work because there's always a stage in every book where you have to sit down and then redo the outline um, it just happens it's just part of the writing process so we'll see but um, at the moment uh, it's tinkering along tinkering i'm still not fully into my stride but it's it's um doing a little quick step but not i'm not running have you given us any indication of what this story is like is it a london is it what like have you have you i can't remember if you've dropped any hints about this story none are you going to no no because <laughs> i'm still not 100 percent sure if it's the one i want to write next so i'm i'm i don't want to say too much about it um, and also, I haven't got a title for it, and I'm really trying to come up with a title for it because I've booked my cover designer for July, and I need to come up with a title uh, so that she can put some words on a page. Yeah, titles are kind of key when you go to cover design. Mm, yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, what the book is about is quite key as well, apparently. Yeah, you so... need to, like, the theme and feel <laughs> and everything. So, yeah. um... All right, so you put added pressure on yourself by booking your cover designer. <laughs> I booked my cover designer because she sent out this email like in February. No, it was March, March, because it was when I was um, going back to deal with my family emergency. And I was on the platform and I got an email like a round robin to all my designers sent it out and said, if anybody wants to cover for this year, my slots are already all booked till July. So if you need one, you need to get in touch with me. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I, so I messaged her from the train uh, and said, I'll have the July slot. And then, and now July's creeping up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of goes back to my point where like every everyone's more they're busier, and it's you have to coordinate a lot more, and it's been in, enlightening. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, my my company, I've got two designers, but this is uh, the one of them. She's also become an, an author. She's written a children's book, so she's she's uh, busy on many different fronts because she's a cover designer full time, and in her spare time and an author in his spare time as well. Yeah, because my cover designer, the one I was waiting for, the um, cover for the Lizzie series, she also has gone into narration. So yeah, she's juggling Thank you. a lot. And she, and she recently had a, a, a child. So yeah, there's a lot on her plate. Mm. 
So I don't know why we're we're behind. <laughs> <laughs> 2021 TV. Anyway, uh, yes, the other thing uh, this weekend, I went out and bought a, a new waterproof jacket for our Scottish trip, so that's very exciting. Uh, you know, it's got like, because I didn't really have a super waterproof thing, so this one comes with a lifetime guarantee TV. So I am going to be basically dry. Well, I, m my body is going to be dry to my knees. The problem is that uh, my wife and I were trying on walking boots and I just I'm not I'm not I'm not a lover of walking boots I don't find them comfortable and I'm just I'm not a lover of them so but we're gonna have to try and buy some walking boots because we are going to be doing walking in Scotland and apparently that's muddy up there I'm kind of confused because you live in you live in London mm. and it's not like rain is rare mm -hmm. in London mm. so what have you been wearing in London all of these years to protect yourself from the rain just normal coats and when i'm in scotland i'm going to be walking so, I'm so you're going for you're going rambling yes i'm on a walking holiday so uh you know i've got to be prepared that if it starts to rain i'm not gonna be able to go home <laughs> that's what i'd do if i was in london or go to a pub you know that doesn't happen in uh, scotland as much okay i'm really gonna recommend that you do get over your not liking walking boots and getting a decent pair that are waterproof because i have been stuck on a mountain in pairs that have not been mm. and it is uh not fun or pretty your no. feet get really torn up quickly <laughs> yes i know i've got to go and buy some and break them in wear them around london apparently <laughs> yes that is key that is key don't just like put them on when you get off the train <laughs> <laughs> i'm here scotland with my boots that are gonna fuck my feet so uh yeah so so we've been uh, in outdoor shops uh this weekend trying well trying to buy walking boots but neither of us did but we do have to do it um, in other news, you know I got a new poster for my office and I, I, I might even put it on the wall soon so you can see it behind me. I waited like about two or three weeks for this one to be delivered and then they delivered another one three days later. So I've got two. So do you want one? Did you order it twice? No. I only paid once. Ordered once. Paid once. <laughs> so they're like, you know, we just know you love this one so much. <laughs> So that's that's nice um and also we are we are recording this ahead of time when this goes out on the monday the 24th of may the 22nd of may is the eurovision song contest tv the eurovision song contest i love i love 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 if you don't know it's when all the countries of europe come together and perform a song and then they compete to see who's got the best song <laughs> and it's so ridiculous but it's fantastic and it's campus tits anyway um uh, so that is going on uh, the weekend, the last weekend as this goes out, and uh, we will we would have been over to see our two best friends and meet their new dog Reggie and watch the show. So um, I'm looking forward to it in the future, and when this comes out, I'll have enjoyed it in the past. I'm sure. I forgot that that was coming up, and this is like your highlight of the year, pretty much, when it comes to the singing. Well, you know, it, it's a musical highlight every single year. Yes. Yeah. Are you gonna like live tweet it? Uh, no, but I do have uh, I do have a friend who does live tweet it, and she is now working uh, for the Eurovision.com, so she live tweets it for the official Eurovision blog. So she has reached heights I can only dream of. You can say you know her though. I know. I can't. I do. So I've been to her house for dinner and everything. So wow. Yeah. You're like famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's been going on. Uh, I've got one more thing to tell you. I've been avoiding telling you this, even though I, I, you might know it, uh, and I should have just said it, but I don't know. Um, anyway, are you ready? <laughs> so you know, I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> you, know, you know what we both think about awards? Which one did you win? 
<laughs> I haven't won any award, but I have okay. been but I have been nominated for an award, and to oh, be okay. and to be nominated for an award, you have to enter the award. So I did enter, and which award? The GCLS. Uh, okay. Uh, um, now I know that we both have <laughs> some views on this, and my views haven't changed, but. I got emails from three different readers asking me to enter before you say I do for GCLS. And I thought, you know what, I haven't entered in ages. Uh, so I'm going to enter uh, because people want me to enter. So I will. But I do have, it's not just GCLS, it's just I'd, I'm uneasy entering awards. And I felt uneasy entering <laughs> this award. And like I said, it's not just GCLS, it's just awards in general. Um, I find them strange anyway i entered i didn't think anything of it and then i've been shortlisted so uh so i am shortlisted for a gcls award so i just thought i'd let you know come clean all right well when's the when's the big uh when's the big day uh i don't know july i think they normally are yeah i think it is july is it i think it's remote again this year if i remember correctly it is it's not... yeah yeah it's online it's online so you know yeah. i, I, I I should be I should be broadcasting this, but I just have an uneasy relationship with awards. But I'm going to try. I've decided I'm going to try and embrace it and broadcast it because every you know I saw everybody else shouting about their shortlisted nominations, and I was just like, oh, I just I don't know what it is. I just feel you know, but you know, I'm sure I'd be happy should I win it. But if I don't win it, <laughs> if if I don't win it equally, it great. Enjoy, enjoy the ride. Thanks. Enjoy it. Thanks. Uh, and that is before, before, before you say do. And then this week, um, I also got notification from my publisher, a German publisher, Ilva, that before, before du sagst ich will, the uh, German translation has been nominated for a romance award in Germany. So that's nice. Wait, which which one is that again? Uh, before du sagst ich will. So that's before I say do the German. Yes. Okay. So, well, that's, so you're, so you're, for, for someone who recorded an episode with me, who's like, I fucking hate awards. <laughs> now you're like, I'm just getting awards all the time. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know I was, I was uh, entered that one, obviously, because my publisher entered me for it. But um, you know, nice, all right, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. I mean, I no, guess I that that one, I, I do think though. It's a weird one with translations, and I will bring up translations again another time. But um, uh, translations. It's a weird one because you kind of feel slightly divorced from the book that you've written because it is a translated book. So you didn't actually write it. Even though you wrote it, it's the translator's skill, right, in doing it. So well done to the translator, I think, more on that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine having to, like, figure out... I have a hard enough time figuring out what English words to put on the page. I think it's... A, I, how to, like, yeah. make it convey the right I know. meaning or sentiment in a different... I would, it would be a nightmare. I know. I think you'd really... And then, like, you can't even proof it yourself. Like, I'm sure you got a copy and are like, okay. <laughs> uh, I've got... I got ten copies of Before Dusak Igvil. I gave four away. <laughs> uh, you know, you because, uh, uh, you know, it's lovely. It's lovely, but I, I can't read it. So, you know, it's kind of... Um, it's a strange thing when you get your book in a different language because it is your book, but then again, it's not your book. Comments. Yeah. It com all depends on the, the translator skill of how it comes out. Yes, indeed. So... Kudos to translators. All right, for comments, we have some comments about our um, haters are going to hate episode. So first up, we had a comment from uh, Debbie who explained how 
Uh, Debbie deals with haters. Anger takes 15 minutes off your life, and nobody is worth that. Which I thought was an excellent uh, way to deal with haters. And also, uh, Debbie shared a poem Debbie's doctor um, gave. Anger, in its time and place, assumes a certain kind of grace, but only in its time and place. So that's pretty pretty interesting way to deal with haters. Just don't let them get to you. That sounds easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just going to let it roll off my back. All right. We had a comment from Fiona. Oh, Fiona was commenting on the haters are going to hate episode and uh, thought that it was an important topic for us to tackle on the episode. Even though it was short on the, the lulls, it's so important that people are hearing these messages. And I knew, I knew it was going to be a deeper one when I suggested it. But Fiona spent uh, Lesbian Visibility Week uh, trying not to read all the hateful, turfy comments on social media about who can and cannot be a lesbian. I just really avoid social media. So I didn't, I, I mean, I'm assuming it did go on, but I just avoid social media. But also, uh, Fiona thought the non-binary pronoun conversation was good to hear. Um, Fiona has heard fellow writers make comments like, well, I just don't like it. It doesn't work for me. And Fiona has uh, said that, yeah, they're not your pronouns, so they don't have to work for you. But to tell someone their pronouns aren't valid is so harmful and wrong. So Fiona thanked us for taking on that um, uh, topic. Also, Fiona asked about the bias of coffee, if there's a subscribe option, and there isn't, because I think for the subscribe option, we have to offer stuff for you to subscribe to. So I apologize, because um, one of the reasons we went buy me a coffee was to limit our workload. Because I was drowning at the time. Yes. Uh, but, you know, Fiona, if you want to come back and intermittently buy us coffees, we're always thirsty. Isn't that right, TB? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Fiona's uh, solution was keep mentioning it and she'll keep buying coffee. So thank you very much, Fiona, for that. Okay. Also, um, we had a comment from Helen who also commented on the haters are going to hate. And Helen's <laughs> Helen was like, wow, I hate the haters right now. And um, Helen was outraged on our behalf of all the writers and narrators who work so well. So this was on two. This is a twofer. I hate comment on a twofer. First, she's addressing how you mentioned how many returns on audiobooks you've had. So mm -hmm. let me let me address that comment first. Helen is outraged on behalf of all the writers and narrators who work so hard on audio only to have scammers to return and not pay for the work. As an Audible subscriber, Helen understands that one monthly credit is precious, but you do have a chance to listen to the sample before you purchase. So Helen is upset with the people who are just returning books to get more audiobooks. And then um, Helen commented on the uh, the non-binary uh, episode where we mentioned Bryce Oakley's battle with someone who marked all of the pronouns they, them, and theirs uh, incorrectly. And Helen was horrified anyone would do that. And then um, and then Helen was horrified. Helen was just horrified a lot by this episode. Mm. <laughs> Charles, the one-star wanker. I love one-star wanker. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> oh, Helen was actually relieved that uh, Helen was working from home because I guess there was a lot of getting up out of the chair and shouting during this episode. Mm. So it was probably for the best that everyone didn't have to hear the outrage and horror. And it's sorry for all the shit we have to put up with. Yeah, it's just in a day's work, isn't it? Uh, but I'm glad that we made you get up and down, Helen, because it's good for your circulation. <laughs> there you go. That was that was a positive spin. On yeah. That. But, um, <laughs> it is. It is. It is difficult because, like, we did cram a lot of stuff into that episode with the whole audiobook, and then 
the one star wanker and the um people who hate the pronouns and it's just important to raise this awareness because i don't think a lot of readers are aware of the battles that do go on because um there are just people who just really have no nothing else to do but to bring other people down so i don't know where else to go with that i think i lost the thread okay <laughs> shall i give you my comment and then we can get onto the topic yeah okay uh deb says um i listen to lesbians who write um she found it a month ago and started from the beginning and she's loving it she's learning a lot about the craft of writing and lesbian romance and she says we you two are very talented and she just listened to the dinner party episode and she'd invite both of us to her ideal dinner party and she says she has a very nice wine selection so we'd both be happy to go to deb's dinner party wouldn't we absolutely as long as she doesn't serve vegetables no vegetables with TB, Hel- uh, Helen. Debs. Uh, Debs, I'm happy with vegetables, so give give them all to me. I'll have TB's uh, vegetable selection. Oh, can you have my vegetables and I'll get your dessert? Um, No, I'm, I want my dessert as well. All right, let's all right. get on to the topic, which is... Wait, if... wait, 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 wait. We oh, have a... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, buy me a coffee. Oh, go on, go on, go on. S.W. Anderson, a fellow lesbian author, um, bought us a couple... Of cuppas for the laughs in the writing tips. So thank you, SW, very much. Awesome. So let's get on to the topic at hand, which is is self-publishing second best. Now uh, this topic comes up again and again. It's a perennial. It comes around on the socials every few years. Um, you know, we've both been in this game, eh? Hackneyed, hackneyed old uh, geezers that we are. Uh, we've both been in this um in this game like um well. How many years? I published in 2013. <laughs> Please don't make me do math. Don't okay. make me do math. You've been in it eight years. I've been in it uh, seven the, since the, we first published. But, you know. So we've been doing this full time uh, quite a while. And this comes around every few years. And people say, oh, self-publishing, it's a bit like vanity publishing, isn't it? Um, it's not really publishing. You don't have to jump through any hoops. It's just for people who can't get a publishing contract. Yada, yada, yada. So um, we're here to answer that question. Uh, are all those jibes correct? So TB, are they all correct? Oh, you're tossing it to me. <laughs> okay. Um, it's funny that you mentioned vanity presses because I mentioned that in my uh, comments while I was leading up to my answer. And like you said, it is a touchy topic. And before Kindle, it was an extremely expensive route for any author to go through, and that's why it is called Vanity Presses, because if you wanted to publish something that didn't go through a publisher, it was extremely pricey. But Kindle and other e-readers uh, changed the game, and it made it more uh, feasible and cost-effective for indie publishing. That doesn't mean that there still isn't a stigma, and we're in 2021. When did the first Kindle come out? 2011? 2009. Wow, look at you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That was a good job. That was just off the top of your head. I know. Did you write that down? No. It was wow. I, I just know this. There's a fact in my head that I know is true. Excellent. <laughs> At least one. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's been a long time, but we're still dealing with this. And it kind of goes back to the whole episode we recently did about the haters are going to hate. I, this is the same how I feel about the people who um, always are, are bashing indie publishing. I don't think they want to get it. I don't think they care to get it. I just think they like to hate things. And I have a, a, a rule in my life that I just don't argue stupid, which means the people who don't want to get things who are, aren't going to look at the other side of things, 
I don't see a point to arguing with them and trying to explain the difference between traditionally published and indie published. It just seems like a waste of time, and these people, they like to tear people down, and I'm just kind of tired of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people have this um, this notion that if you're traditionally published, then um, your book has you know, gone through a few gatekeepers, and they've got um, editors and cover designers, and so then the product that comes out at the end is great. But what they don't realise is that most indie publishers, not all, but uh, most indie publishers um, have exactly the same setup these days, uh, you know, especially if you're doing it for a business and if you're doing it full time. We couldn't we couldn't do this full time if we didn't take it seriously and go through all the steps. So we have editors, we have proofreaders, we have professional cover designers. Otherwise, people wouldn't buy the books, you know, they wouldn't come back. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, because they, they get Wait. fed up of tripping over typos and not being able to read the cover. Yeah. And also we have um, art teams. In our teams, I mean, obviously, one of the purposes of an art team is for them to get advanced uh, reader copies to write a review when it is launched. But they also do serve, a lot of them do help you hunt down those typos. So by the time you get it up on Amazon, um, it's gone through a lot of eyeballs. Now, that doesn't mean that all the typos have been squashed in indie published books. Typos happen. But they also happen in traditionally published books, especially since the traditional publishers have axed um, certain editing parts of the books because it's become more costly for them. So, yeah, all the people who say it's second best or like you, you couldn't hack it with a publisher, uh, I have news for you. I never tried to get published by a, pu- a publisher. I did the research and I realized my personality type, I would much prefer to go the indie route. I would much prefer to... <laughs> I would like to have a very professional book put out and up to my standards. And, and I haven't really pressed publish on a book that I think is shitty. I know there are some indie publishers who do not edit or they, they edit themselves and everything like that. But I think that is falling by the wayside because it is becoming much more professional because readers, they work through the stuff they like. And if they don't like you, they're not going to keep buying your stuff. They're the ultimate gatekeepers. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so our answer is um, no. It's not second best. And actually, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people in the industry who now think that maybe um, going through a traditional publisher is the vanity uh, publishing route because it gives you what they see as in the old fashioned old fashioned way of thinking, um, sort of with class and status and power. They they think it gives you some sort of kudos, some sort of status that you've got uh, a penguin. A little penguin stamp on your book or you've got a harper collins stamp on your book but for me i don't really care if i've got a penguin or a harper collins stamp on my book in fact i think i'd be now i'd be kind of like i'd be like why have i got one of those on my book because i wouldn't have any control over it <laughs> so i like my custard books company because it's my favorite word but also i like the little logo i've got for custard books but also it means i've got control over it and that's what you wouldn't have if you went traditionally published and you know I have traditionally published uh, my my German translations and also I've gone in I've, I've done some audio books um, traditionally published and there's always a bit of me that's always like oh god I don't know you know because I don't have control over it and I'm a control freak so unlike TB <laughs> I didn't really I, I didn't know I was a control freak but unlike TB I did try and get a lesbian fiction publisher and I was turned down 
uh, and so then I decided to take the self-publishing route but I'm but I'm nothing but glad I did and also I would say that self-publishing is a bit of a misnomer I prefer to call it indie publishing because I don't do it on my own I couldn't do it on my own I have a team of contractors that I work with editors proofreaders cover designers an accountant sometimes a marketing person so you know I have a team of people around me who help me uh, you wouldn't be able to do this on your own I wouldn't suggest you do it on your own it's not self-publishing that's kind of a misguided or a yeah, a misleading term. I'd call it independently published. Yeah, I well, I think in the beginning everyone was saying self-publishing, but when did it change? Like two, three years ago where everyone started saying indie? Because like you said, like I have an entire team. I mean, I think, I don't know if it was earlier this episode or the last one we just recorded, where I was saying it's getting harder to coordinate with my entire team because everyone's dealing with all the COVID stuff. The people, if you are truly self-publishing and doing the cover and doing the editing, and oh my gosh. That would be a lot of work, and I don't recommend it. But yeah, I have quite a big team, and then I have an art team, which has hundreds of people. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) there are a lot of people involved in this whole process. It's not just me. Yeah, yeah. If it was just you, or, you know, in my case, it was just me, I think we'd be going slightly mad. Uh, Also, I think you need need other people to take the heat off you. Like, you know, I I wouldn't want to be in charge of doing my covers. It would be a fucking disaster. I am words, not pictures. It's what I always say to her. I can write the words, but don't ask me. You know, I have trouble drawing a stick person. So, you know, I, I don't think I would be any good at doing covers. I can't, every time I have to commission a cover, they're always like, do you have an idea of what you want? And I'm always like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember this uh, TV from when we did uh, One Golden Summer and I was like, do you have any idea? And you went, no, don't ask me about covers I don't know. But actually then you did come up with, a co- you did uh, find a cover you like and said, what do you think of this? We can get something similar. So, you know. I, I can do that. I, yeah. I know if I see it, I know if I like it or not, but I can't, if you wanted me to pull that out of my brain, you would still be waiting for that cover. This <laughs> is not happening. You do need to other people to contribute to um to the process and it will make the process better a professional cover designer will always make it better a professional editor will always make your book better the question is self-publishing second best no it is a viable option and if you want to go traditionally published by all means knock yourself out taking a year to get an agent and then not not yourself out taking two years to get through that agent to shop your book around uh, with no guarantees Uh, and then when you get traditionally published you will get uh, with a contract, you'll get ten, maybe seven from seven percent to twenty five percent at best of the cover price um, as your royalty share. In self publishing, I get uh, we get sixty to seventy percent of the cover price. Uh, that's the royalty share. So self publishing, if you take it on board and do it right, it can earn you money. It can earn you more money uh, than a traditional contract, and it can earn you a living. Um, and not many. Traditionally published authors earn a living, but we both do. I've been supporting myself for a few years now with my writing, and I know you have as well. So um, that is another perk of indie publishing that you, yeah, you have to coordinate a lot with your team. It pays off. Yes, uh, this was going around um, Twitter recently, just somebody saying, is self-publishing a second best? And there was a lot of uh, indie published writers just saying, well, maybe it is, but um, it's just paid for this, um, just paid for my car, or it's just paid for my holiday, or it's just paid for something else. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, 
obviously it's not all about money it's about uh, getting the stories out there that you want but you have to make a living and um, in indie publishing you can it's a lot harder to do it in traditional publishing unless you um, are in the top five percent uh, of traditionally published authors yeah and with uh, since we write in a smaller genre I mean obviously there are um, lesbian fiction publishers out there it's still a smaller share of all the books that are published each year and so you would have to there's the, the competition is very high to get a contract accepted so and we both believe that uh, getting lesbian stories out there is important for visibility so this is yet another way we are helping we're helping readers who want to identify with characters they, they can relate to yes uh, that yeah that is the other key thing uh, we wouldn't have been able to do this um, without um, self-publishing or independent publishing because uh, publishers didn't want to take on uh, lesbian stories so um, hurrah for self-publishing I say um, I we, we embrace it also we wouldn't have met the wonderful community of indie authors who all empower each other we wouldn't have such control over the lovely uh, relationship we have with our readers also the one other thing I would say is that I wouldn't have learned how much I love running a business um, yeah I don't think I would have either because um, I wasn't I didn't have run a business on my uh life bingo card when i was younger but um i actually love i mean it, it's it's stressful don't get me wrong it's not easy running your own business but it's also extremely rewarding at the end of the day it worked out perfectly for me me too oh my god tv it's amazing <laughs> uh, I, I have a career i really i have a career i really enjoy i have a career i'm really proud of and that's kind of what you want at the end of the day each day like when it's just very rewarding and I know there are going to be people who are going to look down on me for being an indie author and I just what I don't care (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care no Uh, and also the other thing of course is um if you were in a traditional publishing contract you would still be answering to someone else um you're still working for them uh and in this job we have our freedom uh we can do what we want when we want and you know I've published 18 novels in seven years. TB's published 30 plus novels in eight years. We wouldn't have been able to do that in traditional publishing because you have to fit into their schedule and they can only publish so many books a year. So there are so many plus points to being a self-published author or an independent author. Um, And it doesn't mean that being a traditional published author is second best. It's not. It's just another route. We are all for people. If if that's what you want to do, go and be traditional published. But self-publishing is an equally valid route. And remember... In so many other fields, indie, being an indie is good, right? Like independent musician, indie musician, or an indie independent brewer, or an independent restaurant, you know? Like all these things, they're seen as like, yeah, entrepreneurial and go get them. Whereas independent publishing still got a bit of a stigma, but it's lifting. So we're here to say, we're here, we're queer, we like beer. What else do we do? And you know, I was going for the rhyming. It was a bit off topic. I get it, but you know, I was just going for a bit of rhyming. Whatever, can you throw in the whole Dolly Parton back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit sad you've had two jabs because now I can't sing this song anymore. Well, you know, it's looking like we might have to do booster shots oh, down the line. So brilliant. when I get my booster shot, vaccine, I can, I can vaccine, booster, booster, <laughs> like that. I think we should uh, bring this one home. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Um, let us know what you think uh, about independent publishing. Um, there are so many fantastic independent authors out there. Does it bother you? I mean, honestly, I don't really look at, um, you know, when I'm buying a book, uh, if it's traditionally published or independent published, really. Uh, do I like the story? That's what I go for. Anyway, let us know what you think. Uh, do comment uh, at on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Twitter us at leswhowrite. Facebook us, Instagram me. And if you like what we do and you want to support all the uh, costs that the podcast and website incur, do go over to the website and buy us a coffee. We would very much appreciate it. Join us next week when we will be discussing something brilliant that I have got written down on another sheet of paper, but I haven't got it here. So it'd be, but it'd be brilliant. I absolutely promise you. Don't you promise, TB? I promise to be here. I can't promise to be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in the meantime, thank you for being here. Keep writing. Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.